Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show. Here are your hosts, Cody Tucker and Jared Newland. Welcome to the 7220sports.com kickoff show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. If there's one thing missing in that intro, Jared, it's award-winning 7220sports.com kickoff show. And we have to say that because we won an award, and it's beautiful, and it's shiny, and it's still in my back seat and needs to find a new home. Congratulations to us, and thank you all for listening and voting for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, exciting new season. It's so great to look over and see that stadium, and it, it feels like fall. It's a beautiful day. Texas Tech, you can't give enough credit to Tom Berman for bringing these kind of games, I mean, because it feels different. This isn't Montana State hanging out over in that stadium getting ready to play. This is a sellout crowd for Texas Tech. One of the favorites in the Big 12 Conference this year, Jared. Exactly, and it's not Texas Tech 1991 when scheduling games like this was a little bit easier for home and homes. Now Tom's done a great job of bringing these type of games in. It's the Washington States. I mean, yeah, there's two-for-ones in there with Nebraska and Texas, but they still showed up in War Memorial Stadium. Uh, Cal's in the future. Uh, yep. And a couple other teams that were all in BYU, Utah now. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're granted they're in bigger leagues. Don't tell anybody I've ever given any credit to Utah, but how easy would it have been for the Utes to back out since they were supposed to come here during the COVID year of 2020 and they didn't? Exactly. And they've won back to back Pac 12 titles. Yep. And I mean, they're most likely going to win another one, that, or well, it'll be them and USC most likely this year. Yeah. Maybe Oregon. Maybe our, our new Mountain West foes, Oregon State and Washington State, can make some noise. I know Washington State, uh, hopefully they can start their uh, their title march today in Fort Collins down the road. Did you just put the horse ahead of the buggy? <laughs> Always do. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Gloria's doing a good job out there, so hopefully she can land them. Yep. Uh, excited about this season, Jared, uh, and there's many reasons to be optimistic. The Cowboys returned 17 starters. It, 10 on defense when really it's 11. Colby Taylor did start those last two games for the Cowboys. Uh, they're bringing a ton of guys back. And something that Wyoming hasn't had in a long time is depth. And they have depth across the board. Sure, there's spots like safety where there's some young guys behind White Eckler and Isaac White. But they have depth across the board, especially where it matters most in the trenches. Well, and today... They're going to be a nickel a lot. Yes. I mean, probably lot. the entire game, to be honest with you. Yeah. So there's going to be that extra safety out there anyway. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of guys getting playing time that um, no matter what, and the speed that Texas Tech plays, there's going to be guys coming in and out regardless anyway, just to give a guy's a break. Absolutely. And uh, Texas Tech does play fast, folks. Uh, not only do they throw the ball over the yard and uh, they have a decent running game, uh, they snap the ball with about 30 plus seconds on the clock every time. And listening to Joey McGuire, Texas Tech's head coach this week, that is not going to change because they're at altitude. Uh, they are quick. Uh, that's who they are. They're going to go, go, go. Uh, Cowboys definitely have their work cut out for them. But Jared, when you think of the question marks surrounding this Wyoming team coming into this season, what are they? I, I think. 
in my opinion, obviously, Andrew Peasley's number one. Can he take that next step? And did we not put enough credit into the fact last year that he came into something completely different? And it's not like he was a starter at Utah State. He was a career backup there in Logan. He comes in here and learns a completely new offense. And I know people want to mock it because the the passing game has not been great for years. But mock it all you want. This still is a pro, a professional pro-style offense that's really hard to learn. Yeah, and overall, Andrew did a pretty good job last year in running this offense. Yeah. Um, he was banged up a lot of the time. You have to remember that. Um, first game of the year at Illinois, which had one of the better defenses in all of college football last year. Um, yeah, he had, he had a rough day, but he actually – he was tough that day. Yeah, his runs kept Wyoming somewhat. I mean, yeah, the score was nasty, but it, it was better than it could have been. Trayton Welch catches, been. holds onto that ball in the end zone oh, in Champaign yeah. last year. You're talking about it's a three, it's a three point game at half. Yep. So that game got out of hand at the end, but really, when you looked at the numbers when the dust settled, it was ugly. But then Peasley turns around the next week and he's Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, so. I thought he was really good, and I also think he was more injured than he ever let on and that the staff let on late in the year. He took that concussion, of course, at Colorado State, and he had a a lot of bumps and bruises. He's got another birthday under his belt. He's married, has a child. Yeah, Uh, put on 10 pounds. Maturity all through that, and his teammates love him. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. There's a reason he was a uh, captain last year. Yeah, and it's easy to see why, really. I mean, he's a cool, cool guy. He's a cool customer. Uh, He's... This is a business for him, and he's really he's taking it very serious. But he also knows when to cut the cord and not get into crazyville like we are in so often. And he's <laughs> also a realist in knowing yeah. that this is his last yes. rodeo. Yep. I mean, he has hopefully fourteen games left. Yeah. Uh, most likely thirteen games left um, in his career. Yeah. And he wants to make the most of it. And he's going to let it rip. He said the uh, the knee brace is off. He feels way better. Spoke to him on Monday afternoon. He is. Really excited to uh, take on this Texas Tech team. He's also really excited to ditch that brace. And he said he was talking to a teammate earlier in the day. And he said, man, I feel so much better. He And I, and I think he's going to run, but I also think this is going to be better for scrambling around the pocket. And some of those schoolyard plays, Jared, where you're scrambling around and you, you find a guy who, you know, I don't care if you're Deion Sanders, it's hard to cover a guy for eight to ten seconds. So if he can buy that little bit of time roaming around the pocket, getting outside the pocket a little bit, I think I think that's where we're going to see the biggest improvement from Andrew Peasley in year number two. Uh, another question mark heading into this one, which feels kind of weird saying it's a question mark. Cowboys are without Dwayne McNeely, who tore his ACL uh, this fall. Unfortunately, he was slated to be their number one running back. Harrison Whaley, much ballyhooed uh, transfer from Northern Illinois. We saw what he did to the Wyoming Cowboys two years ago in DeKalb. He's a really good back. He's still recovering from offseason surgery. Bowl has said that he will not play in this game today. Uh, Jamari Farrell just came out of left field. Guy from Saddleback Community College. What a great story. Uh, injuries derailed him in high school. He goes to you know community college in Kansas, gets kicked off the, pro, off the team, out of the program, out of school. Comes back, works at KFC, and says, wow, you know, he could just see the looks on his former classmates' faces when they saw him in the drive-thru at KFC taking their order. And that really motivated him to say, you know what, nobody wants to go to their local community college, especially if you're a a budding football star that you think you are. But he went back and he started from scratch, and here he is, and kid's got an infectious smile and a great personality and really excited. He, you know, we don't get to see them practice, as we say on the show a million times over, but the, the decision-makers who do think he is ready to play in this game. Yeah, and I 
overall, there's going to be probably four or five, maybe even six different players that have carries today. Yeah. And that's including the quarterback. That's including wide receivers on, you know, end arounds. Yep. And I'm going to throw this out there. Caleb Driscoll is going to get a carry today. Hmm. Goal line carry. Barrel into the a, end zone. Maybe it's a maybe it's a second and two opportunity when they know they have another down just in case. Here's one for you. Maybe it's a fourth down opportunity because uh, as we get into Texas Tech here, Jared, these guys they've got they went for it on fourth down last year fifty two times, and they were successful thirty three of those times. The next closest Baylor, where Joey McGuire, Tech's coach, came from. These guys really rely on analytics. <laughs> that is a staggering statistic. Isn't it? Yeah, six of seven last year against West Virginia. It's one thing going for it that many times, but actually converting 33 of them. Yeah. I mean, folks, that's 60-some percent. It's unbelievable. And the first thing I did was scroll down and then scroll down some more and then keep scrolling down all the way to the bottom to find the comparison. Wyoming went for it seven times last year. They converted twice. Listen to what Craig Bull had to say right here about Texas Tech and their <laughs> – their love of going forward on fourth down. Well, third and shorts for them is different than certain third and shorts for other people. However, I do want to say they have a very capable running game. Um, but there's no question. We've studied that. Uh, we're not completely into analytics. I know I, I listen to Coach McGuire, and they bring in their staff, and they listen to all that. And uh, I, I know they did that when they were at Baylor, and there's different um, Thoughts on that, uh, but uh, Jay Savell and I have talked at length about you know our defense and being prepared. Uh, I doubt uh, that Coach McGuire has the same mentality that Coach Leach had. I can remember calling a defense and it was fourth and fifteen. It was on their own twenty, and Mike went for it. You know, Cody guy. If, if, if Coach McGuire wants to do that, okay. Uh, but we are prepared for that. Uh, there's different philosophies, and that's what they have. I can tell you, they're, they're, there's, they crunch the numbers. Uh, on the flip side, there's some real, real uh, benefits. If you can get off the field on fourth down, it's a turnover. And, uh, you know, turnover margin in this game, particularly early in the year, is going to have a big, big impact. I mean, Craig Bowles not the analytic guy. He's just not. He's going with his gut, and his gut is as conservative as his brain, Jared. Is it time to pull up your big boy pants and <laughs> maybe attempt two today and maybe average two a game? Well, he's calling you out, Caleb Driscoll. It's your turn on fourth and one. How about that? Hand it off to the And I understand and you don't have a, a tall quarterback like Josh Allen to jump over the top with the ball and you know reach it over the line type of deal, but... Good Lord. You have to take a few more chances. And and I do get the fact that he wants to um, put his defense in the best position possible because that is the strength of this ball club. Yeah. And you want to make sure that a team has to go the full length of the field um, when that opportunity arises for them. And why and Wyoming's defense is going to – they're going to bend a little bit, but hopefully they don't break a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what Texas Tech is built on themselves on defense. They uh, have one of the best red zone defenses in the country, but they gave up 18 explosive plays of 30-plus yards last year. I mean, that's a ton. So uh, they're really good when you get them in the 20, but uh, it doesn't matter about if you get in the 20, if you can score from 40 and 50. Yeah. So, And then not the Cowboys have that kind of offense, but it uh, sounds like explosive plays is something that defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter is uh, very focused on this year in Lubbock. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, the thing I took from that, from Craig Bull's talk, is um, when you when you don't convert it on fourth down, it's a turnover. 
and the Cowboys need as many of those as humanly possible today. And it's kind of funny, uh, you mentioned it before we came on the air that you had a dream last night that Colby Taylor had a pick. I actually had a weird daydream at 2 in the morning about Colby picking off the first pass of the game and taking it to the house. 2 in the morning? And that's a day? 2 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you, it was actually a pick 6. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy that we both had these things, and um, hopefully it comes to fruition today. I or hope so. somebody taking one to the house <laughs> on defense. I don't care who it is. I know we talk about this a lot, and we have, that this game really reminds me of Missouri. Nobody's talking about the Cowboys. Everybody's talking about Texas Tech. And what happened in that game? Defensive touchdown yep. that really sparked the Cowboys. Yep, 27-point second quarter. Yeah. C.J. I mean, Colton taking one to the house. In a and, flash. And I'll be honest with you, like, oh, boy, here we go. Oh, me too. This, I thought, is, oh, this has toast. Oregon written all over it. Yep. And then that hit happened, that touchdown happened. It was like, they're in this game. Yeah. Oh. And it the tides turned in a hurry. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And it, imagine if uh, if Elijah Halliburton takes that one to the house at the at the buzzer there in yep. the second quarter, and but got horse collared and kicked a field goal. And and that game was a lot. I mean, the score was a lot closer than the actual game was. Yeah. Because Wyoming really put it to them they sure did yeah and you know what i know i've asked wyoming's coaches if this has a missouri feel to it and they all shut me down immediately and they're like missouri and texas tech don't have any sort of the same offense and i'm like i'm not talking about schemes i'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff it's a big boy coming to town and having the opportunity to knock him off yep when nobody's talking about the little guy here and And 14 and a half point underdog yeah very similar to very very they it was all about kelly bryant that whole week and even the cute little story that austin carter samuels was coming back to laramie for the first time and it wasn't about Wyoming having a chance. And I got to be honest with you, I covered that was the first year I ever covered this team, and I had no idea what to expect from that from that team in 2019. And no what, clue. And what did Barry Odom tell you in Vegas earlier this summer? <laughs> That's the reason he's in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Wyoming winning is the reason he's at UNLV. Missouri was supposed to have a pretty good squad that year, and yep. um, they had a downward spiral, and it ended Barry Odom's career there. Yep, I remember their All-American linebacker with uh, Sean Chambers' palm in his face mask and then uh, Sean's off to the races 75 yards talk about explosive plays there were plenty of those in that game so Colby Taylor 6'4 230 pounds he started last year against Fresno State in the season finale then obviously started the Arizona Bowl which was short-lived I believe he played four snaps in that game before getting the gate with a helmet-to-helmet hit which after further review when I got home it was a horrendous hit and it was totally uncalled for but all we've heard from this offseason is how Colby Taylor has matured how solid he is, how he's turned into a leader in the room. On Monday, Jared, Craig Bowl called him the X factor in this game, and he's not wrong. Uh, here's Benny Boyd, Wyoming's cornerbacks coach, talking about Colby Taylor and we- whether he's ready or not for this challenge. He is. He is. I mean, he has no choice now because it's upon us. He has prepared as well as any corner has prepared since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Going back to last offseason, when you look at from the end of the bowl game, how that went for him, and obviously not the outcome any of us hoped for, but how he's taken that, he's matured, what he's done in the offseason, how he leads us in, in the meeting room, how he leads himself on the practice field. So it's going to be a big challenge for him. I know adversity is going to come. My big thing is when adversity does happen, we got to bounce back. He's right. He has to be. <laughs> he has no other choice. He has to be. So I think they're really excited about Ja'Cory Hawkins. He's in his second year coming over from Ole Miss. He's also a taller corner. They they really like him. I, I know they absolutely love Colby Taylor. They just need him to show it on the field. And like Boyd mentioned, 
unlike last year, you can't give up a play and then let it fester. You have to have the short memory that they always talk about. And uh, it's more important maybe with a quarterback, but second most important is probably a cornerback, or they'll start picking on you a little bit. And Tyler Shuck, Texas Tech's uh, sixth year, seventh year, 80th year quarterback. Uh, he's been in this game a long time. He led Oregon to uh, – to uh, the Fiesta Bowl in 2020, obviously a COVID-shortened season, but he led Oregon to the Fiesta Bowl and a uh, really good quarterback, 6'5", 230. He can throw, he can run. I know Tech and watching their stuff this week, they don't really want him to run as much as he did last year because he ran quite a bit, but he's got a really good arm. He's a really good quarterback. He's really cerebral. And uh, Texas Tech has this in-house production they're doing right now called The Brand, and it's just videos behind the scenes of camp and stuff like that, you can say that how often we hear it, you know, this guy's the first guy in and the last guy to leave. You know, that's the old cliche. Tyler Shuck is the first one to enter and the last one to leave. He's a really good quarterback. He's 8-0 as a starter in games that he started and finished, Jared. The problem is the finishing part. Shoulder injuries, collarbones have cost him a lot of games these last two seasons. Kind of reminds me of... Utah State's quarterback situation where I can't remember his name right now, but he gets banged up a lot. That's why Peasley got to play. That's why Levi Williams gets to play every once in a while. (laughs) I mean, the guy just gets banged up, but he's gutty. He tries to gut it out and stay in the game, but he just can't sometimes. Yeah, it reminded me of what Coach Bull used to say about Sean Chambers around here, that he's got to get out of bounds. He's got to slide. And this guy's so big and he's so confident in his abilities that he doesn't like doing that. And we saw that with Sean. He didn't like doing it either. And we also saw... What happened to Sean uh, as far as the injury front? And I think today is a great opportunity for this touted Wyoming defense to get after a guy like this. Yes. Um, because they're going to put pressure on him. They have to bring him down, unlike what they didn't do against Boise State last year. They had like eight pressures. Yeah. Could not bring him down. Yeah. They have to bring him down, or at the least – put some big hits on him yeah put him on his wallet every time you get a chance no doubt about it and I would even go as far to say you don't want to give this team any yards but even if there's a 15 yarder or two involved in this just chip away yeah no ejections (laughs) but chip away because when this guy's down and out this team's in trouble and uh, Craig Bull said as much talking about Tyler Shuck on Monday here's a Wyoming's head coach talking about Texas Tech's six-year senior quarterback you know what I think he's outstanding I mean you look at his stature I mean he's six foot five a big guy that's got a rocket arm and you know he has a really good understanding of their offense he plays with great composure he knows where to take the ball he's an outstanding player and when he's hot it's uh, really really difficult to defend them Um, you know we're in hopes that we can uh, be disruptive, get him to move, uh, cover the receivers. Um, and so um, a great player, and his numbers and his stats are back it up. So, Jared, another reason, obviously, Tyler Shuck's pretty darn good is uh, five receivers on this team have 30 or more receptions last year. Uh, also, the running back had 27. And, oh, by the way, in the offseason, they went ahead and added this Dre McCray cat, who's a perfect prototypical five foot nine slot guy, which we all know Wes Welker famously came out of Texas Tech and made his name there in Lubbock as a, as a little dude in the slot. This guy had more than 1,000 receiving yards and 75 catches last year at Austin P. Texas Tech really needed this guy, didn't they? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> uh, that reminds you, going back to the Joe Tiller era at Wyoming, yeah, where they were spreading the ball around, but 
I don't recall Wyoming ever having that many guys with that many receptions. Yeah. The, the love was spread, yeah. no doubt about it. And that's what's happening at Texas Tech as well. Uh, you know, I talked to Benny Boyd, obviously, on Monday, Wyoming's cornerbacks uh, coach, about Duran Bradley, their, their leading receiver. He has 51 catches for 744 yards and six touchdowns, and he's also six foot five. He's a monster. Uh, so we talked a lot about him and just <laughs> how good he is. But, you know, Boyd was also quick to go, yeah. And then Xavier White and Miles Price and Nehemiah Martinez and all these cats, they just they come at you in waves. They have the guys that are 6'4", six, 6'5", six, on the outside, and then they have the little slot guys that are just terrors on the inside. Like you mentioned earlier, Rook Brown and the safety core, uh, along with these corners, they have a lot of work to do. Wyoming's front four has got to get in Tyler Shook's lap. And does Jay Savell send some pressure every once in a while from different angles to really keep Shuck off his game, um, to wondering where that next guy's coming from, especially if they do get some hits on him and put him on his wall, as you said. Yeah, and I asked about how aggressive that this defense can be against these guys uh, without them burning you, uh, which is going to be – you know, something this team is going to do a lot this year. And you look back at the Oregon game and even Washington State because they put fast tempo offense, all that kind of stuff. Wyoming's corners played off their receivers a lot, gave them a lot of yards. Yes. The corners today are a lot better yeah. than what they were then. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because they had some good corners, but yeah. they were still playing off the field. But Jay Savell, I think he's a different mentality defensive coordinator. Yeah. So – Bump and run. Yeah, you brought you bring up a great point because that is one of the main things I'm going to focus on from the press box tonight is that first snap. Are they ten yards off? Are they seven yards off? Or is a guy like Colby Taylor, six foot four, and has that wingspan? Is he in their kitchen saying you're not even going to get off the line today? Because you look back at this is probably not a great comparison, but Wyoming against Air Force last year. Air yeah. Force was playing off the ball so much. Wyoming took advantage of it. Play after play after play on that first possession. Bingo. Scored a touchdown. Yeah. And that set the tone for the entire evening. Oh, they just took – they literally put that cliche right on the paper for me that they took what Air Force gave them, and it was a thing of beauty. They needed – that was, I believe, a 14-play drive. That was Air Force's own medicine jammed right in their tail. So Wyoming cannot allow Texas Tech to do that, especially on the first possession. No, absolutely not. Uh, I know you got the magazine busted out, the highlighter busted out. Um, Texas Tech's offense, shockingly, is uh, their rankings are very, very low. Yeah, real quick. I mean, and this is Athlon's uh, rankings. Quarterback unit ranking is ranked fifth. Running back 11th. Wide receiver ninth. O-line 11th. That is shocking for an 8-5, and five, a team that was 8-5 and five last year that was in almost every game. Yes, um, that they lost. They were, I mean, they were there with Kansas State, who was Big Twelve champs. They were there with TCU, um, only lot, and they were in the national championship game, lost by uh, ten. Yeah, I mean, this is a, and they whooped Iowa State on the road. It, well, they beat them fourteen to ten, but it was in oh, the I'm freezing sorry. cold. I, I inverted that, it, so. but put up but fifty-one still, yeah. on Oklahoma. Yeah. This is also a team that has 10 guys. They're 10 deep on that offensive line, and nine of those guys have a start in college football. And that's what Wyoming's offensive line we thought was going to be like yeah. going into this season until the transfer and the retirements of a couple of guys. But um, that's just shocking to me. And and overall, they only have one guy, nobody on the first team yeah. offense, one guy on the second team who was a wide receiver, Bradley, and then Taj Brooks, the third team running back. And you know what? I'll chalk up to on that, Jared. I'll, I'll flip that on its ear instead of being worried about that. I would think 
that's because we're solid all the way around. We don't have one guy doing this or one guy doing that. This team is really solid from top to bottom, front to back. Uh, we'll talk more about that. The offense, put a bow on the offense. We'll get back and talk about the Red Raiders' defense, talk a little bit about the Cowboys and what to expect today, take a trip around the Mountain West, and also, does it work to come a day early to get used to the altitude Hell in no. Laramie, Wyoming? We'll see you on the other side of the break. Are you looking to grow your business and stay resilient? Look no further than FM Global. With over 180 years of scientific research and engineering expertise, we bring innovative solutions to ensure your commercial property today so you can prosper tomorrow. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by Rocky Mountain Shirtworks and Papa Murphy's Pizza, where you can get 50% off your online order by entering promo code 7220sports on game days. Only available in Laramie and Cheyenne. Do we put too much thing into this elevation altitude? I got corrected yesterday, by the way, on social media because they're different and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, altitude, elevation. Do we not put much weight into this because... Because we're from here and maybe it's a tad overblown or is it a huge deal? It's I don't think it's as big of a deal as it used to be because athletes are in such better shape than they used to be. I mean, I remember some Wyoming players when I used to be in the training room, they were walking in smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Had dips in their mouth 24-7, you know? I mean, and they were not in great shape. Yeah. I mean, athletes today are in such better shape. Um, so I don't think it's as big of a deal. And they are bringing, what, 10 extra players yep. that they normally, yep. or Texas Tech that is, normally would have. And and now with the new rules, too, that you can play four games without being losing your eligibility, it's going to be a big thing, especially, you know, you probably won't see hardly any starters on special teams for Texas Tech. Yeah. Especially in the second half. Yeah, no doubt. Or even second and fourth quarters. So um, it's not as big as a deal. Um, they're going to have oxygen. They're going to have beet juice more than likely. They're going to have pickle juice more than likely. They are going to probably all be required to drink at least a gallon of water on Friday and probably, or yesterday, and uh, probably a gallon of water today before even kickoff happens. Yeah. And as much electrolyte, Gatorades, whatever it is, before they enter the game. I thought it was interesting listening to Joey McGuire talk about it. He he didn't shy away from it at all. He said, we need to talk about it because I've been telling you, you need to get your head right. And, oh, by the way, Texas Tech also plays in Provo this year, so that's another reason they're coming early. They were reportedly going to be playing practicing at Cheyenne East yesterday, but instead stayed the night in Fort Collins and uh, practiced there at a high school. What doesn't make sense to me is coming in the extra day early because you're not going to get acclimated, and especially you're still 2,000 feet lower yeah. down in Fort Collins the last couple of days. So I don't understand that part of it. You just spent part of your recruiting budget because it was probably 50 grand to stay another <laughs> night and feed that team or more. Um, but I do remember, and this is a real thing, altitude sickness. Mm-hmm. And when I used to come back to Laramie every summer from being at home, which was 3,000 feet, it's not like I was going up 7,000 Which, shockingly, feet. Lubbock, Texas is 3,000 feet. Oh. You could have never, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I I would not have either. I guess you're on the, yeah, a little bit of mountains there on yep. the uh, west side, west side with the um, New Mexico and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I used to get altitude sickness, and it was like a 24 to 40 hour flu. Really? I mean, it kicked my butt 
Wow. I would be throwing up, um, all that kind of stuff, and just was really drowsy <laughs> from it. So, knock on wood, maybe a couple of their guys could get that. <laughs> Tyler Shuck, can I interest well, you it, in some uh, altitude sickness? <laughs> uh, it was interesting. I talked to Easton Gibbs about it the other day. He's, of course, from Temecula, California, right down in the San Diego area. And he said, yeah, it's for real. He's like, when I first got here, he's like, it had me questioning whether I should even, could even play football anymore. He was like, they had the thing on my finger checking my oxygen levels. I had a mask on. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to this. And talking to uh, incoming transfer receivers, Ayer Asante and Devin Body Jr., who, of course, came from Holy Cross uh, up in Massachusetts uh, for for Asante, and then Bodie, of course, coming from Vanderbilt in Nashville, uh, they both said, yeah, the acclimation was a bit much. And uh, in talking to a couple of the incoming verbal commits uh, that I've done stories on, a couple guys from Minnesota, they said, yeah, I had no problem letting other guys go ahead and me, uh, of me in line when I was here for camp because it's uh, it's no joke. So um, it's interesting. I asked Craig Bull because Craig Bull's actually been in Joey McGuire's position before, and frankly, Fargo, North Dakota is 902 feet above sea level. Lubbock, well, like we talked about, I was shocked to see it's about 3,200 feet above sea level. So I asked Craig Bull when he played, when he coached North Dakota State back in 2008, they came and played in Laramie. So I asked him if he brought his team a day early to adapt to the elevation. Uh, we didn't have the budget to do it, but I can tell you all the years that I was a head coach, there was one time I felt like we ran out of gas. If whoever was covering that game, I think we might have been up by 10 in the fourth quarter, and we had guys that were on the on the sideline. And so, um, yeah, everybody has a different philosophy. It's kind of like us going to Hawaii. Um, uh, but uh, I, I do think altitude makes a difference, and they're 7,200 feet for a reason. Um, so, you know, I, what's also going to be important is for us to stay on the field offensively and to get off the field defensively. It wasn't in the budget. <laughs> it was not in the budget to come here a day early. Craig Bowl humor that we've become to hate. <laughs> <laughs> Little gamesmanship on his part, maybe, saying that's the only team he's ever seen that was gassed. I think he's sending a little message like, hey, you're going to get gassed. Gamesmanship. Yeah, little gamesmanship, I think, on the part of the old wily veteran head coach. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they did. North Dakota State had a 13-point lead in that game. I remember being in the stands, you know, saying some – Getting ready to leave. An expletive <laughs> or two and wondering why we were screwing around with this, uh, what I perceived at the time to be some – basically the equivalent of a junior college, not knowing that that team was going to end up rolling and uh, winning three national championships. Um I admit it. I'm guilty. I would look at those FCS teams uh, not in the same light. Uh, and the Cowboys pulled that one out by the skin of their teeth. And I remember dropping some more expletives on the way home. What are they doing screwing around with teams like this? Uh, but obviously that was a pretty darn good team. So uh, don't know if the elevation thing, I don't know. I mean, well, I looked at a bunch of stuff on it. Experts say four to six weeks. Craig Bull, the ultimate expert, says six weeks. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm from here, so I don't know. Yeah, and... I mean, coming in a day early actually may hurt them a little bit more than help them, to be honest with you, because to get the oxygen levels to where they are, if it was 24 hours before kickoff, their body may not, you know. Well, McGuire said another reason he brought them here was to get their focus on the fact that, you know, Wyoming is number one. This is the one we have circled. He also mentioned a couple maybe aces in the hole. His uh, strength and conditioning staff spent time, a couple of the guys spent time in Laramie, so they're trying to give – 
trying to give some tips to the guys and stuff like that. Their head strength and conditioning coach actually uh, considers Ed Donable his uh, mentor uh, during their time together at LSU. So. Geruder was at Fresno State, so yeah. he's played in the Army an Air Force. He's an Air Force yeah. grad. He, he knows full well. So good segue, Tim Geruder. Defensive coordinator for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, you know, he was a head coach at Fresno State. Uh, he went to Air Force. Uh, he coached at Air Force. He knows the Mountain West. He knows the Wyoming Cowboys. You look at this defense. Last year was Tim's first year on the staff. They were minus six turnover margin. Uh, they gave up nearly 30 points a game, 170 yards on the ground, 257 through the air. Their 425.5 total yards per game allowed was 107th out of 130 teams. Now, we both know that's a little skewed, right? I mean, the Big 12 is not exactly known for their defense. Uh, case in point, Oklahoma visiting Lubbock last year in the season finale, 51-48 to in overtime. They beat the Sooners, which, by the way, the Red Raiders have never beaten the Sooners and the Longhorns in the same season. That happened last year. But you look at these points uh, that they scored last year, it was just it was insane. Their only low point was 14 points at NC State in a loss, 14 points against Iowa State in a win. Uh, also scored just 17 at Baylor. But other than that, man, they're humming. you got to keep in mind with those numbers, too. Tyler Shuck was injured. Um, he came back for the last four games of the year. So uh, that's a wide-open, sideline-to-sideline offenses that they're running across the board. Aside from, say, the Big 12 champions, Kansas State, which, of course, uh, climbing the head coach there was under Craig Bull at North Dakota State. He runs the ball a lot. He still uh, – it looks – when you watch K-State, they got some more wrinkles than Wyoming, maybe, but uh, the, the DNA is there. It's Bull. Definitely. And when you just rattled off those stats from last year, Wyoming has got to take advantage of every single one of those categories. Yeah. They need to have 170 yards rushing today. They have to have over 200 yards passing today. They have to score 25 to 30 points to win this game. Yeah, and speaking of running the or ball, more. yeah, more would be good. Uh, we talked about Jamari Farrell getting the start in the backfield for the Cowboys. Juco transfer from Saddleback Community College. DQ James is 100%. He's been cleared for a couple of weeks. He'll also be in the mix along with Sam Scott, the linebacker turned running back last year before the Arizona Bowl, who's a beast, by the way. He's about 6'2", 230 pounds. Uh, Craig Bull said he might be the best athlete on this team. Uh, I talked to Frank Crum for a considerable amount of time on uh, Monday. Uh, we mostly talked about Miles Cole, who's a new outside linebacker who's going to be replacing Tyree Wilson, who was the number seven draft pick last year by the Las Vegas Raiders. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Tim DeRuiter. He coached a guy named Vaughn Miller at Texas A&M, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon. Both of those guys, very early draft picks. He knows what an outside linebacker looks like. We talked about that, and Frank definitely has his mind. Uh, you know, he's watched. I asked him about watching their in-house production and stuff. He's been watching the same stuff I have. He's really been focused on these guys. He's taking it very seriously as far as pass protection goes, but we all know what the Cowboys plan to do. There's no secret here, and we you just said it, Jared. They give up 170 yards on the ground. Cowboys need to take full advantage of that. Here's what uh, Wyoming super senior who was moved from right tackle to left tackle this year, Frank Crum, had to say about the Cowboys rushing attack. You know, I'm confident in our run game no matter who we go against, but I think um, we will definitely – we're not going to be – run around party with these guys we're going to attack them head on um we're going to take it to them um but yeah no you can be confident wyoming's run game and um you know that's our mo that's what we pride ourselves in so um we'll leverage that 
versus any opponent, and that includes Texas Tech, obviously. Sounds like a confident guy to me. Hat on a hat. He's really looking forward to this matchup, but if you think the Cowboys are going to be worried, and once again, I go back to 2019 against Missouri, that offensive line pushed Missouri around all day long, and we didn't even know what to expect from that Wyoming offensive line. Exactly, and that is one thing that we've come to love about the Craig Bowl offense, though, yeah. is the physicality of the offensive line. No matter who they plug in there, they're pounding guys. And it's, it reminds me back in the day of the, you know, the Dana Dimmel era mm-hmm. when they had those tough offensive lines and, and the end of the Joe Glenn era um, where they were just mean mm-hmm. and tough. Swagger. Yep. And Jeff Smith just didn't give a you-know-what. Yeah. And pancaking guys, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. And you see that out of a couple of these young mm-hmm. Wyoming offensive linemen. Jack Walsh, Caden Barnett. Frank Crum just goes out and does his job. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's overly physical um, from a standpoint where you see extracurricular stuff every once in a while. But you see a couple of these other guys, they get down and dirty with some folks in the pile. What I love about Frank Crum is he is the absolute throwback player. And he, his dad and grandpa both played at Wyoming. Jack Walsh's dad played the offensive line at Wyoming as well. They know what's expected from a Wyoming offensive yep. lineman. And these guys just fit the mold. What I love about Frank, though, is he's... I know it's kind of a buzzword these days, but he's he's a bully, man. He's a bully. He expects perfection from his own guys he's as tough on his own guys as he is on himself uh love it i love it and, and it was kind of funny i i talked to andrew johnson of course from cheyenne uh, central here who who is going to probably see the field for the first time at least on special teams but probably get some in the secondary as well tonight uh he told me when he first started i asked him how things were going and he said man i don't know if frank crumb hates me or what man he is just coming downhill <laughs> at me every time and let me hear all about it uh so he he's getting his guys ready We'll say mentally and physically. So I, I love Frank Crum. Uh, his final year on the high plains, really excited for him. Six foot eight, 315 pounds. Coach Bull said the uh, NFL guys are already calling. Uh, and with a wingspan and the toughness of him, and, and I would really encourage you to go to 7220sports.com and read everything. But a uh, little piece on Frank Crum a couple weeks ago. Uh, his transformation from Laramie High School to where he is right now is uh, nothing short of miraculous. But uh, uh, Texas Tech is loaded in the secondary. They have all their guys back. Uh, really, really, uh, really tough unit back there, led by Malik Dunlap, who was an all-Big 12 last year at corner. Uh, also up front in the trenches, where Wyoming is the strongest, arguably, is Cole Goodbow and, and Jordan Bertinoli there at the defensive tackle spot. Texas Tech's got a couple of 305-pounders of their own uh, in Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford Jr. Craig Bull brought them up during his introdu- or during his press conference on Monday. The other thing, Jared, we're both kind of looking at our preseason magazines here. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of SR periods behind ev- nearly every single start- projected starter for Texas Tech. A lot of birthdays on that roster. Lots. Uh, they have been really fortunate in the transfer portal, and they've brought in a lot of dudes. A guy I'm really keeping my eye on is linebacker number seven, Stephen Linton, who played at Syracuse last year. Uh, he's another guy who was compared to Miles Cole, another guy who's going to be filling in the uh, void left by uh, Tyree Wilson uh, there in the outside outside linebacker position. So they're salty on defense. Um, but, you know, once again, Jared, these big 12 defenses, I, 
I don't know, man. I just don't know if if you can trust them. I don't know if you can. They pound the rock. If you're getting the rock pounded at you all day long, I think if I'm going with anybody in the Big 12, it's probably K-State because of that Craig Bowl DNA. Uh, that's probably the one Big 12 team I would really rely on to stop the run. I don't know. I think the Cowboys have a huge opportunity right here to really make some hay. Yeah, well, And these Big 12 defenses, as you just stated, not very good. Well, Texas Tech can screw themselves and as far as that goes. I mean, we were watching that Jacksonville State game the other day against UTEP. I mean, they had 22nd three and outs. 20 game seconds that, in a three and out. That's just crazy. And I mean, <laughs> your defensive coordinator has got to be just so mad when yeah. you look up and like, I just sat down to talk to these guys and we're already going back on the field. <laughs> yeah. And going for it on fourth down all the time. Could hand the ball right back and put the defense oh, in a Rich terrible Rod. spot. Speaking of that, we shouldn't have that problem today in Laramie. It's a beautiful day, man. Right now, I think it's what, 73 degrees, <laughs> something like that, 74. Couldn't ask for a better day. A little overcast, so. Kind of Missouri-ish, right? Yeah. We keep going back to that. It's kind of Missouri-ish. But before we get off Texas Tech's D and get on to the rest of the Mountain West, here's why I'm in quarterback Andrew Peasley and his thoughts on the defense of the Red Raiders. You know, they're good size, obviously. Obviously, Big 12, bigger bigger program. But overall, you know, I think they're just still guys that we're playing. So it's not like, you know, they're – it's not Bama. Yeah. I say that. Uh, I think they're going to be solid up front, and their secondary is good. Um I think we have a good game plan to really create some things for us that can happen, and I'm looking forward to it. They're not Bama. Bama, they are not, Jared. I, I love where this this quarterback's head is at. I know we talked about it in the first uh, segment. All eyes on Andrew Peasley. Not a lot of believers out there in this quarterback. Don't count me as one of those. I'm right there with you. I have a really good feeling about Peasley this season. I do too. I just I said it before. He's a likable guy, but that's part of it. But I have a good feeling that he's going to come out. One last audio clip here because we keep talking about the uh, Mizzou effect, and I really feel like there's something to that. You know. I know you can look on this sheet of paper right here, Jared, and say, oh, only 29,000 in attendance. This place gets rocking. It's not just the elevation. This place gets absolutely madhouse, especially when teams like this come in the door. To me, when they were playing the Texas Longhorns all those years ago, when that block punt happened, I've never heard War Memorial Stadium hopping like that. They do that again tonight. I think we're going to have a replay of that. I agree. Here is Easton Gibbs, who, when they played Missouri in 2019, he was a true freshman. He was in street clothes, but he still remembers that feeling of what it was like in the locker room when no one on planet Earth gave the Wyoming Cowboys a chance of knocking off the mighty Mizzou, tar- Mizzou Tigers. It, it's a weird feeling because it's like, you know, most teams like that aren't being talked about would take it in a weird way, but it's like, I remember that feeling in the locker room my freshman year, and it was always like, nobody believes in us. Just wait, just wait. It was never like we're getting ahead of ourselves, and it's kind of the same thing building up this week. Kind of gives me chills even talking about it. It's like we know what we got here, and uh, we know they're a good team too, but uh, it's not like we're just going to roll over on them, so we're excited. I love it. Still gets chills talking about that game that he didn't even play in. And you know what? I kind of get chills too, Jared. That was a special moment for these Wyoming Cowboys, and I feel like they have another special one ahead tonight potentially. I agree, and the – the fans are going to be fired up. I mean, we see a lot of brown and gold walking around right now. And, uh, and stripe out. I mean, nope. we all know what happened last time they had the stripe out. And it's going to be a fun evening, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, we got a few minutes left here. Let's do a rundown of uh, Mountain West 
lines and games. Well, and we haven't had a chance to see look at the scores of the games that are going, so I'll just run them down. Uh, Utah State's at Iowa. Uh, they're a 24-point underdog already underway. Did you see uh, Kurt actually, Ferentz? It's already done. I'm sorry. Did you see Kurt Ferentz, uh, his quote about Utah State, his thoughts on Utah State? I did not. They have a really great punter. And if anybody knows about great punting, it's Iowa. What a compliment. <laughs> This might be his last year, right? It has to be. Uh, because his AD's gone. That's been keeping him all these years. So. Yeah. Uh, Fresno State uh, was at Purdue earlier. Uh, they were a uh, three-and-a-half-point underdog was all. Uh, Robert Morris, <laughs> cupcake at Air Force. Shocker. Shocker. Um, Boise State uh, at Washington. They're a 14-point dog. Um, Bryant, another powder. Another powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think did they didn't UNLV play them last year too? I don't. For some reason, I thought it was they played them two years in a row. But I don't remember. Um, no line on that game, of course. I'm sure you could find one somewhere, just not through Caesars. Uh, Nevada uh, just kicked off, or actually is going to kick off here in just a little bit at USC, and we saw USC um, end up pummeling San Jose State. It was it was close for a while, but it's a Pac-12 defense, which yeah. Alex Grinch. Former Wyoming assistant coach was at Big Twelve for a while. He's yeah. not. I don't well, understand. Former that. Cowboy defensive end uh, Solomon Bird had a nice strip sack in that game. But Chavin Cordero, we talked about it last week on the podcast. Like San Jose State's going to put up some points, especially on that defense. Chavin Cordero's good, and I tell you who's really impressive is that Nash kid who caught the leaping touchdown. He killed Wyoming as San Jose State's quarterback, quarterback. two years ago. Yep. Doesn't that seem like that always happens? Somebody gets inserted in and just. <laughs> Kills Wyoming. We're not re- ready for it. Yeah, let's hope we don't see Texas uh, Tech's uh, yeah. back up tonight. Maybe just keep shucking the game even if he's banged up. <laughs> uh, New Mexico at A uh, and M here in just a little bit. Thirty-eight point underdogs, and I think A and M they got a lot to prove this year. If the low, I know this isn't going to happen, Jared, but if the Lobos can pull that off, I could see a booster literally going down to the AD or going up to the AD's box and writing a seventy-five million dollar check to send Jimbo Fisher. He doesn't even go to the AD; he just goes right down to Jimbo, <laughs> fires him himself, yeah. and hands seventy-five thousand. What's, what's your Venmo? Seventy-five Jimbo? million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I Venmo you seventy-five million dollars, please? <laughs> um, Petrino, you know the offensive, yeah, specialist there now. He will be calling the plays. Oh yeah. Uh, Washington State at CSU, um, eleven point favorites for the Wazoo. Hopefully, future Mountain West Wazoo Cougars. Uh, Indy or Idaho State, excuse me, at San Diego State at the old Snapdragon Stadium, that which was only the, half full. The last old, week. the old Snapdragon Stadium that's two years old. Unbelievable! Yeah, wow. boy, they have terrible fans. Wow! And then, of course, our Wyoming Cowboys. 14.5-point underdogs right now. Uh, Over-under is 50-and-a-half. Um, I like Wyoming to cover, for sure. Yeah. And I actually picked them outright to win the game. <sighs> yeah. 27-24, Pokes. Yeah, so you might have you might be catching on to this pattern, this Mizzou pattern I keep talking about. How about 37-31 Wyoming Cowboys find a way they scare the hell out of us as usual. Texas Tech's driving at the end. They're getting about the Cowboys 30. They get to fourth down, one of their famous fourth downs. Incomplete pass. Wyoming Cowboys win. Off to a huge start to the season. Uh, the start of what could be a really special season. I totally agree. Well, Jared, this has been fun and quick. 
really excited about this game. Uh, when Texas Tech was added to the schedule so many years ago, that was one I circled for sure. I have the utmost respect for Texas programs, Texas Tech. I, I've lived in Texas numerous years of my life. I love it down there. I, I've always considered Lubbock to be the Laramie of the Big 12. They're tough. They're gritty. They're out in the middle of nowhere. We have the Mike Leach connection, of course. Uh, just, I've always respected Texas Tech, and uh, just I think this is a great matchup. This reminds me of like I've always thought of Pullman, Washington, as the Laramie of the Pac-12. So, love this matchup. Excited to go to Lubbock here in a couple years as well. But happy to have them here tonight. Feel really good about this program, and uh, we're all going to enjoy it together. This has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show, sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next, right here on KOWB. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 